Welcome to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 62. In this episode, we'll be talking about when to stop buying dice, different protection mechanisms so you can protect those dice, and what is the worst flash. So let's kick it off with when to stop buying dice. Okay, guys, we are here with Dr. J and the KO King. How are you gentlemen doing today? Good. Really good. Okay, I am excited about this because this was actually a viewer requested topic so i always want to remind people if you guys want to hear us talk about something um shoot us an email or leave a message on our facebook page um double burst at ktdata.net facebook.com forward slash double burst and let us know if we've covered it before we'll refer you to the episode that we've done and if not we'll be like hey that's a good thing we'll put it on our list of things to do right Um, yeah because we i mean as much as we love to talk about dice masters and stuff you know we we, I, I always like getting other people's questions and stuff because sometimes we won't think of it, and then everybody's like, "Oh yeah, that, that's probably a good thing to cover." So this time is a is an is one that I think both new players and me apply. You know, I mean, it's something I, I, everybody I, struggles I suffer with. From yeah, it, it is when to stop buying dice. Um, yeah, especially in my world where I'll, I'll give you an example. So <laughs> on our tournament last Thursday, I pulled out. Three character dice and one sidekick. I ended up with seven energy that turn after my rerolls, <laughs> and this was late in the game. I had to like you can't roll yeah. seven energy and not spend it all, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's like seven getting, energy. It's like getting paid on Friday and not going out to a big dinner. You have to spend. So so yeah. When do you make that? You know, it, when, when do you decide to stop buying stuff and focus on getting characters out or, or things like that? For me, my rule of thumb, if I don't need it, I don't buy. I think there's, I mean, there's no right answer to that question, no mathematical answer to that question, because it all depends on what your team is, what your opponent's team is, and the situation that you find yourself in. Oh, I wanted in. you to, like, make another cool acronym or something. No, <laughs> there's no there's no mathematical <laughs> formula to this like there is to drafting. Uh, but I bet we could make one. You think so? Like... A equals X if minus C. <laughs> can, can we put an integral and a summation or something in there too? Just so it looks fancy. Sine, cosine, <laughs> graph it. If, if A equals B, then C. <laughs> no, man, I'm not I'm not a mathematician, so yep, we can so have Ke- we can have Kevin do it. <laughs> <laughs> so so what do you want to consider when you're trying to decide if you should buy something or just let the energy go to waste because <laughs> I, I it's that's the hardest thing for me i'm like but the energy's there yeah. i should use it for something for me it's the the important thing that i do is i i'm okay wasting energy and i know that going in like purchase what you need so my decisions are based on my opponents and what they have i've played plenty of competitive games where i only had two dice and it was or two characters purchased, it was Constantine and Scarecrow. Everything else was not needed against said team. So if your team's built in a competitive manner that it's going to be malleable and, you know, be able to change depending on who you're playing or what you're playing, I don't need all eight of my characters. So 
I'm only purchasing what I need, and it allows a thinner bag because that's that's what you run into. If, yeah, you're, well, what if happens, you're buying too much, you just get a yeah, I, I've, a huge I've, bag. I've seen this happen, especially with new players, because they're always like, "Well, I gotta, I just gotta keep buying. I just gotta keep buying." And they end up buying all of the stuff, and then they never see any of the characters because they'll pull like three of their utility characters that really doesn't do anything when you have one on the field already. This bit me just the other day on Thursday when I was playing. I was playing against Brock, and we were basically playing mirror teams. And they were basically the four, four Superman on the field. Yeah. That's totally unnecessary. We were, oh, the, we were practicing the Superman team that we brewed <laughs> on the on the on the, the episode, which of I a couple strongly weeks ago. just regret doing now <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun and it was really fast you get those supermen out really quick but one of my one of my strategies for winning was to buy kryptonite roll it on its one of its burst sides and then use trusted friend to make my opponent's characters that weren't super friends super friends so that they couldn't block and i didn't roll kryptonite so i bought a second one and then i didn't roll that kryptonite so i bought a third one and then i reloaded my bag like all eight sidekicks were in there, three kryptonite, a Superman, a Jimmy Olsen, all this stuff, and I pulled a sidekick and three kryptonites, and it was impossible for me to win with that draw. And I knew right then and there that I had overpurchased the kryptonites, and there were too many in my bag. And so it's a struggle to know when you need to stop buying. Because you didn't, you didn't put an Ultraman on the team. Whatever. <laughs> Nobody even wants Ultraman. <laughs> so I think it's important to. If you play deck builders in a, as an example, deck builders uh, that, that you always have really beneficial cards that allow you to burn, take something out of your deck and stuff because you don't have that in Dice Masters. Right. Where I guess we Professor can't remove X sidekicks yeah. from the game. Yeah, Professor X was sort of that. Yeah. Um, in terms, of, that's why it was so good. At least but, got him out of the bag. Yeah. Um, but we don't. Yeah, we don't have anything to thin our deck. Um, and I learned that because that was my struggle when because I played a lot of Dice Masters, didn't play a lot of deck builders. Then when I started playing deck builders, I started playing it a lot more like Dice Masters where you didn't. And then you're like, oh, wait, I can yeah, take stuff wanna, out and it get rid sense. of your starter yeah. cards, you know, fairly quickly <laughs> in deck builders. But it's a struggle in Dice Masters. And so you have to think I've got eight sidekicks that are rotating through my bag unless I get them out in the field. I got to add on to that, you know, these essential dice that I need to get out. If I buy too much stuff, it's going to really clog up the bag. Another great example, this is something that control players have to keep in mind because I like to play control teams, so I'll have times where I'll buy an Oracle, a chalkboard or over whatever, and then I'll roll and roll energy, and my initial thought is chalkboard another one. That's lots of times not the best way to go because if you chalkboard another one, there's going to come a turn where you're going to pull them both out of the bag you're going to roll them both on character faces, and you realize, I just wasted that turn. And I don't need to in the field. Yeah, and it doesn't work for Oracle, but say they have a fielding cost to them, and oh man, that's I don't the have worst. the energy yeah. to field them now. Yeah, exactly. If they have fielding cost, then it gets really bad. So control cards, where you only control dice, where you only need one in the field, you always want to think about buying another one. Ring players suffer from this a lot when they don't roll the ring, and they think, do I really want to buy another one? Am I? Is it really worth it to waste my energy or just wait for that ring to come back out and roll? And so there's there's a lot of things to take into consideration when you're thinking about buying an extra control piece or an extra ring. Yeah, I just want WizKids to add in an alternate win condition that if you buy every single character die from your team, you, you win the game. But then you just play with those ones because there's no minimum dice limit. 
I, I'd actually win a game then. <laughs> if, if, if I'm facing someone in competitive and they just are like, oh, oh well, I'll just buy this basic action. I'll just buy trusted friend as an example. Don't buy oh, that. I'm never, like, never. <laughs> the Dr. J rule is never buy trusted friend. Don't ever buy it. I'm always like, sweet, because it clogs their bag. If it's a new player, I'm always telling them after, don't, don't buy stuff just to buy stuff. If it's important for your win, buy it. Other than that, the game's not, it's not a game of roll dice and buy stuff. The game is trying to get things into your field that allow you to win. So sometimes that means, for lack of a better term, pass. If you get a terrible roll, it's okay to be like, all right, it's your turn. And I know whenever I do that in a game, a lot of players are like, what? You don't want to do anything? You're just going to leave that? And this really comes in uh, if you're in that five-turn, you know, time's up. Yeah. If you're on what, turn two, you're don't never gonna buy see anything. It. Yeah. yeah. Just you know, unless you you're gonna be able to chalkboard right. it and get it next turn, or you have a die that lets you put it into the field as soon as you buy it, don't buy it. There's really no point to it. Save right. that for globals. If you have or even instance, just play the mind game with it, even if you don't plan on doing it with globals, sometimes just having use ha- having question marks there makes your opponent go, mm, Yeah, do exactly. I do this? Let's for instance, if I have two characters I want and two sidekicks in my used pile, and it's my turn, I have four sidekicks. Depending where I'm at the game, if I don't need to purchase anything, all I'm trying to do is roll sidekicks so I can field them, and then I don't have extra stuff in my bag. If I roll, worst case scenario, a bunch of energy, and then I buy a cheap character or whatever it might be, then, then I'm adding to the math of... A, lessening my odds of getting what I want to draw. So you you need to pay attention to that. And that's why I said, if I don't need it for a win condition, I'm okay. And depending on how some of my teams are, I might just need one or two Constantines, one or two Scarecrows, and the rest is all how you play Let's be honest, Russ, you want four Scarecrows all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do. But but you made a point there where if, if if you're just rolling and buying stuff to buy it, there might come a time in your game where one of your key pieces is taken out of the field and you have to wait and it goes to your use pile and you have to wait for it to come back through the bag. And if you haven't thinned out your sidekicks or you've just been buying a bunch of stuff, it can take a long time, two or three turns before you even see that die again, let alone roll it. So again, over purchasing is going to clog up your bag and cause problems. There's another issue I think too that we want to address when we're talking about when to stop buying is you don't want to stop buying too early. Yeah. Cause I've made this, cause mistake I've, I've made that mistake too, where tons like, of times I've got my character in there. I'm gonna, next time I'm going to get him and my opponent, I attack you for 19 and I attacked you with the sidekick on turn two. Yeah. Or, <laughs> like, or there's times where like, for instance, at Salt Lake gaming con, I was playing against Mike Plum and he had a global heavy team, a lot of shield globals, you know, force block, Kal-El, flip the attack and defense transfer power and really early i stopped buying characters to save energy for globals because i didn't want to take six attack five attack whatever to the face because i thought that you know i needed that life for later i think i made a mistake there and i should have taken the five attack or six attack and then bought some more characters because then it would have benefited me down the road when I could stop and could start focusing yeah. on the global yeah, that's game. That's a pivot point in a game that's always hard to 
when you're when you're in that situation, you're the on the defensive end of where do I make the jump to make this purchase because it's going to clog my bag. I always get in that situation where it's going to clog my bag, and I'm going to take some damage. But if I don't, then I'm just yeah. kind of defending. You're, yeah, for you're the just next yeah. you're you're, you're stalling. It's mm-hmm. best. You're not doing anything to change the tide. You're just yeah. surviving. And you can kind of break the game down into those different segments. You have a purchasing segment, and then you have like a global heavy portion of the game. And once you transition from purchasing to global heavy, it's going to be really, really hard to backtrack and purchase any characters once you've made that decision. And if your opponent waits and goes a little farther, they're going to have more characters than you. They're going to have more in their field to do stuff, to use those globals on. So you kind of want to gauge where you and your opponent are at and when you want to make that shift. There, yes. there will come a time where you have to make the shift yeah, so, or else you so lose. This is so. this is where I think it's an important tip to pe- to teleport people. Because have you ever played against those players who will just do their thing and then not pay attention to what's going on on your opponent's side at all? Yeah, or, every or once in a while, yeah. yeah. So what you, like this is where you got to pay attention to the game. What your opponent's doing and then also keeping an eye on your use pile, your bag, and everything, just knowing where things are. Because if you don't, you can actually fall into this trap where you're like, Oh, I, I'm gonna buy three of these guy gardeners and then not realize you just put fifteen dice into your bag and you'll maybe see one or two of them when you draw. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to this is gonna sound like somewhat impossible and, and odd. I try to keep my dice to eight because even that ninth die, so that's why I like to field sidekicks and it seems like I'm building a wall, but it's more about bag. As soon as you buy a ninth die, it takes you you have a one out of nine right. chance. Well, to you get have stuff three turns to clear your bag. Yeah. And then when you hit a 13th dice, then it's another turn of drawing. So if you look at it in fours, you kind of, you really add to how many turns before I get what's in the bottom of my bag. Worst case scenario, because if you're like me, that means that big entrance is going to be my last die out out of the first two three turns you lost by bringing big entrance i know (laughs) (laughs) so but it's it's that idea of if you look at it mathematically every three die four die you add you're adding another turn you know you're kind of getting in that situation Mm -hmm. um and i'm probably driving zach crazy with my die dice you know words here because i'm probably (laughs) getting them wrong but you know you so pay attention to that that's why for me when we lost PXG, it was not about the ramp at yeah. all. It's all about the control of the bag, which I think honestly is takes a big part out of the game. It's the same with dark side. Now, if someone gets dark side, they don't have to worry about their bag. And I think it eliminates a but strategic it, part of yeah, the game. But it eyes. also causes them to have problems too. Cause if they miss that first dark side right. roll, guess what? It's going back into the bag and you already got, 10 about 10 dice in the bag already so you're gonna have and that's you know the back a while ago zach and i had the argument about rolls versus draw that that uh rip hunter that allows you to draw and then chuck some dice Mm -hmm. is is huge because it eliminates any kind of especially if you're running lean that thing can churn out like an unblockable character super fast yeah it, it has it has won me some games before where 
Um, the I had him for another reason, but then my opponent brought like a magic missile or something, and he was starting to buy him. Like, nope, if we're gonna race, we're gonna race. So I right. get Rip Hunter out, and I was just like, I'm gonna pull those magic missiles out as fast as I can. And if we're gonna play it like this, we're gonna play it like this. This is one of the things that I really like about the new Cosmic Cube that's coming out in the Guardians of the Galaxy. You mean the set. Microsoft Cube? Yeah, the Microsoft Cube. <laughs> What what the die does is when you buy it and when you draw it out of your bag, you can take any of those, you, that die, any of those other dice that you drew with it, put them out of play to redraw, to replace them. That's the kind of die that it doesn't matter if you buy it or not. It's really not taking up a spot on your in your in your bag because once you draw it, it gives you the opportunity to pitch them. So if you have, you know, that sort of personality where you can't just sit on unused energy you have to buy something that's a good die to put on your team because is, is that when you just there's no a, downside to buying yeah it. is that the fidget spinner of dice masters yeah, the I, fidget spinner i of still dice think <laughs> i still think rip is better because he's out and he doesn't add to the math but i don't think it's a bad way to yeah. go and i think it might end up being better but it does add to the math yeah, yeah no, i do, I do agree and, yeah, yeah that it's not right. the rip hunter if you yeah. can get him out is probably better overall right if but you can get him out of, i've had him burn I've, he's helped yeah. me before i've had him burn me before where but he, he wouldn't roll but he but will it, clog your bag yeah, a little yeah. bit right. if you don't roll him which the then you have trouble roll. yeah so this goes back to that argument that you and i have had and we're on the same page but trying to get people to understand where we stand with swarm like swarm adds to ramp but doesn't add to churn because you're just adding a, a die that you're going to pull, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you have eight sidekicks in your bag and three swarmers, one in the field, you draw four dice and the three swarmers at most, right? So you're still getting the same number of other dice out of your bag every turn. Yeah. Four. Say, four say, say you're down to a sidekick and a character you need. You, you can swarm all you want if you still pull that sidekick on that last yeah, one. Swarm does not that, increase yeah. your chances of getting that character. Which at has all. been hard for us to get people to understand. We're like, it yeah. adds to the ramp, which is great, but it doesn't add to the churn. People are like, what are you talking about? I'm getting all these dice. But, but, you're, but you're putting more in. dice that you draw. So. Like you were saying, if you have 13, that adds another turn. Well, it, it still, you know, if you have all those as swarmers, it technically doesn't add another turn, but it doesn't add, doesn't give you a faster way to get through your bag. It basically takes out that extra turn that's added when you buy more dice. Yeah. It gives you the illusion because you're drawing so right. much out of your bag. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I think that Multiple Man is so is really good right now with the ring. But in general, just, I don't think he's great unless you build... I mean, there's some other things that you could definitely do to make Multiple Man great. But what? But you got to center makes, it around right. him a little what bit What makes more. him yeah. really good is just the amount of mass. Um, oh, I know so that. So it's, it's really important to understand <laughs> just... Don't buy just to buy. If you're in a situation where, like, well, I could buy, and we'll use worst case scenario, a trusted friend because I have two energy. Don't buy trusted yeah, friend. That's that's what that's that should be our rule. Is if you have energy to spend, but nothing helps. Just imagine all your cards on your team are trusted <laughs> friend, and you just don't buy anything. If they don't help, they might as well be blank <laughs> cards with just two energy on them. And while that seems appealing sometimes, oh, this one will give me two energy, where a sidekick will only give you one. Don't fall for that because it's not worth it in the end. Yeah, if you're buying something just to say, no, I'll just buy this because that's typically bad. If you're buying something, which I do sometimes, oh, this is a bad decision, but I'm going to buy it. It means it's a strategic move, but it's probably not going to work. I'm playing my odds, and it's probably not going to work out. But definitely for sure, if, if you're just buying something to buy it, remember all that goes into that. Just a random purchase of a die will hinder a result. Like Matt... I mean, if we're going into the multiple 
universes and what creates with everything. I mean, <laughs> like you're just randomizing more and more. Like you're adding how many universes just by buying that trusted friend. <laughs> yeah, don't be irresponsible. Yep. Don't buy trusted yep. friend and create yeah. universes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of multiple universes and stuff, um, thank you so much for kind of talking about when to stop buying dice and stuff. Um, so if you guys have any other questions or suggestions about it, shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. But back to the multiple dimension stuff. So get ready, because we're going to have both of you on a little bit later in the show where we got to go pick the worst flash. Don't I, buy don't, I don't even think Don't buy question. any of these dice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we are here with Dr. J and Ken Pohl. How are you gentlemen doing today? Doing well. Really good. Um, this is a topic that I think is becoming more and more important in the world of Dice Masters because the world of control is kind of, it's growing a little bit more where it used to be a little bit more aggro where you'd attack fast and attack as fast as you can to do all your damage. Yep. Um, now it's kind of shifted a little bit to more of we're going to start blanking your uh, ability to do stuff um, with different cards and stuff. So what we wanted to talk about today is different protection mechanisms that you can use in the game to make sure your characters are good, and if you are playing against it, how to get around those if necessary. Because, you know, if you get locked down, you got to figure out how, how how to play around it, or you're going to lose the game. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the big reasons that you want to protect your characters, I think, is from blanking. There's lots of things in this game that blank cards, Kryptonite. Uh, dwarf Wizard, we've got that, the new that, streaks coming that, out. That nasty prismatic spray Prism back in the day, which yeah. just blanked all your cards. Which is kind yeah. of coming prismatic back. Prismatic spray was one of the hardest things to protect against because... It took with, everything. Yeah, it just yep. didn't care. Yeah, so you want some way to protect your characters uh, from blanking, especially in the, the meta today. And obvious, like the most obvious ones that come to mind are Raven... And which allows, which protects all your Teen Titans and all your mask and all your, energy. All your mask characters. That's the really big part of that. It protects all your mask characters from being blinked. And the thing is, there's so many good control mask characters that your opponent is going to want to blink that you can put on your team. You can have Oracle. You can have Lissa Drac. You can have a, a Batwoman, Batgirl. Batgirl, right? She does that kind of thing too. And there's yeah. just lots of control pieces that are masks that are protected by Raven. So you want some way to yeah, not I mean, get them blanked. I mean, that that's why you see the kind of the emergence of a lot of the mask wing teams because you can have those characters sitting out there, them doing their control while you slowly build up your army and then you just get, a, uh, you know, the rare lantern ring out and roll yeah, enough yeah. masks, which and, are those characters. And with that lantern ring and plenty of masks, uh, it kind of gets itself around the problem that a lot of those control characters have where they either have less than desirable attack stats or you really don't want to see them leave the field. So if something is going to not go your way, you know, if, if they're going to be unblocked or if they're going to be blocked in a certain way, you don't want them to leave the field. So with the ring, you can just make sure that you have all the energy. You go, all right, I've got four masks. I've got five characters. I just need to attack, you know, assuming that your opponent mm -hmm. doesn't have a way to mitigate that. Yeah, without protection, I mean, things like Oracle or Lex Luthor are just, you know, you you play a force attack and, and take one, one damage attack, or whatever. Like, and, and, you know, it's totally worth it to get it out of the field. You need some way to keep them in the field. Because, uh, like, I think one of the biggest globals that I think is going to make a comeback, and it's on the Bane card, is the 
taunt attack, the force attack global. Yeah. yeah. Where well, I, that's one of those that it's never really gone away. That yeah. I think that you, might be about you, the only global that seems to get a reprint about every other set. Yeah. It seems. But you see, I, I see in the usage of like the meta events is like kind of goes up and down. Like you'll see one event oh, where yeah. there's tons of force attacks and then it'll just be non-existent the next time. Well, and then come back it, around. it's the thing that happens. Everyone goes, ah, oh, everyone's bringing force attacks. I don't need to. And then the next event they go, no one brought force attacks. I know exactly how I would respond. I should have had a force attack on my team, and then everyone brings them. Yeah, force attacks are hard, too, because they're such a double-edged sword when you put them on your team. If you aren't built to be able to deal with that... Then, or if you don't have protection. Yeah, or if you don't have protection, then you're gonna your, your characters are going to get taunted through. And so that's, I think, one of the reasons that a lot of people don't play them is they think, oh, that's a really good global. They put it on their team, and then all of a sudden, their key characters are getting taken out of the field. And so it can be really yeah. a struggle. So, so say we are going to, you, you know, you're building a team, but you don't want to build a mask team or a Teen Titan-centered base team. What's an, kind of another suggestion do you guys have for protection that you can put on? Here in modern, uh, the half-elf bard. Not the plus one, plus one that's banned, guys. Yeah, not the banned one. <laughs> not, not Master's Lord's Alliance. Not the bard, but uh, let me look up exactly Yeah, what's his subtitle? He is the something. Um, I never bothered to learn the subtitles for the Apprentice adventure cards. Order of the Gauntlet. There you go. Uh, his exact text is, while half-elf bard is active, your other character dies of equal or lower level to your highest level half-elf bard are not affected by opposing character abilities. I just barely noticed all his different versions have different affiliations. That's how most of the adventurers are. <laughs> Didn't know Welcome, that. Welcome to Dice Masters. Didn't know that. Well, Nobody ever cared about adventure affiliations. <laughs> I'm going to make an Emerald Enclave team. Yeah, that's going to work well. <laughs> I've tried it. It doesn't. <laughs> I went for it. Nice. Um, so how, how, how would this, I mean, help? Because what, what it's doing is it's protecting um, character abilities, right? So um, I'm trying to think of one like ba- Babs probably wouldn't be affected, right? In terms of that, or yeah, I'm trying uh, to think. so yeah, they wouldn't take damage from breath weapons. They don't take damage from Babs' ability. They don't. Uh, they can't be affected by like call out the new keyword that would taunt them through. Yeah. Um, what this is weak to on the other side of that is cold gun, kryptonite, uh, any actions. Or any globals, too. Cause and globals. Yeah, globals. Actions and globals. It does not protect against that. So Targeted removal, too, because he doesn't protect himself. But Correct. If, but if once he's out in the field, he can be really hard to deal with if you have a team that relies heavily on character abilities. Yeah, especially yeah. considering that everybody I play can only roll this on its level 3 side, which is a 3-5. Oh yeah. like, personally, I can only roll on a level 2 side or lower. I, I don't know. Everybody else I play, they just... Every time. It's I've level played three. games where I forgot about the level requirement because I just assumed it was on level three. I was like, oh, yeah, I can't target <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's a really good one, too. Um, I remember playing against Kenneth, and he was shutting down some, one of my teams. And this is that's the real, the real thing about this bard is he's just so – you don't expect him to affect your team as much as he does. Like, there's a ton of character abilities that you just don't think about until he gets out, and you're like, oh, well. My team doesn't work. I had a my targeting team, my doomsday team, yeah. was the worst thing. I mean, it, it does. It's not that they don't target. You can they make, don't affect. Yeah, they're not affected yeah. at all. You can yeah, make you them can, all the super friends you, you want. Batman that rolls characters out of the field does nothing. You yeah. know, and so it, it's not like other protection yeah. that protects from targeting. It's just yeah, not it, affected. It it's going to shut down your your lockjaw that 
you know, pings the opposing yeah. field. Yeah, any of those gonna, spray abilities that hit a specific shut down type of Most card. of the reroll abilities, whether that be Storm or Umber Hulk or Batman. Yeah, that, that common static now, your opponent has to target themselves pretty much. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd suck. <laughs> um, so we, we've kind of talked about a little bit of, you know, Bard, that seems to be the standard in terms of protection, but... Bard and Raven, I think, yeah, are the two are, Are the kind of top, top two. And then, sure. So Raven's kind of the ultimate because you can't, can't target them straight up. Yeah, because the 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 only real limitation with Raven is that you you are pigeonholing yourself into mask or Teen Titans. Everybody or Teen loves Titans. Teen Titans. People <laughs> exist. <that laughs> want Teen Titans. Uh, but yeah, you're kind of pigeonholing yourself into masks with the occasional Teen Titan build that's out there. Um, really- more more widespread. I think that the what for a long time was the gold standard was rotated out with golden age. And that's the, uh, the wonder girl with the ring of magnetism combo. Way there was also, yeah, there was also the, uh, human Doom Pal- caliber night. I think that had, I was going to say the human paladin that protects all of your fielded yeah. characters from global abilities. And that, that one was getting with, a reprint. That one with the magic the helmet. Yeah. Was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with the Wonder Ring combo, so what it involved was the Ring of Magnetism says that your opponent, anytime they use a, was it global or just action? No, an ability. An ability. All of your opponent's abilities must target this character. So you you put it on to um, Wonder Girl where she's like, when a Teen Titan is targeted, she can redirect it to a new target. She's a Teen Titan. So you're forcing to to use it on her, and then essentially you can pick which of your opponent's characters for it to use, or if it's beneficial to you, to target one of your other characters um, for the ability to work out. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one is so tough. That's so <laughs> yeah. tough to get around yeah. because, uh, I mean, the exact wording on the card is. Uh, so your broad. your opponent's action dice and abilities can only target that mo- that monster. Basically covers character. everything. So if it targets, it has to go there, and then Wonder Girl switches the target to whatever you want. Your your if your opponent tries to use anything targeting, they're essentially giving you that ability. Um, I liked it for a lot of my teams. I that was that was something that was like, okay, I've got a, a really good six card engine. I've got two more flex spots. I'm definitely putting on Ring and Wonder Girl, and that's the team. Um, there's a part of me that's glad that it's rotated yeah, out because it's so hard to deal with. It, it is so, so hard to deal with. Oh my goodness, playing against somebody and you'd see that, you'd just be like, oh, my game's over. Like this is just it. It yep. takes away all the abilities and everything, and just turns it into a slugfest. Yep. Because yeah. Another another card that I really like that um, has sort of its a protection mechanism built in is the common Mister Miracle from the new Batman set, and his ability is while he's active, he cannot be affected by action dice or abilities, or he I can't think. be targeted by opposing be, action dice or abilities. Yeah, can't be targeted by them, which is very similar to the way the ring works. Only it's on one character, but I've used him to great effect when I've had to play against people who are using things like transfer power global or something that affects your character stats. Transfer power is the really big one because if you can transfer power from your opponent's characters to him and then they're stuck. Yeah. Your spe- opponent can't respond yeah, to that. And especially with his one, two, three attack base, people are like, I, I can take one, right? Yeah. And there's so I mean, it's just a, it's a really neat ability. 
Um, I've done that before when I've been playing in games where I've I've been playing as Transfer Power, the Kal-El Global, and I've just transferred power from one of their big beefy characters or from one of mine to one of theirs and then back to Mr. Miracle, and they've saved all these shields, and there's nothing they can do because he's, he's protecting himself. There's a couple of cards like that uh, that you might also want to keep in mind when you're mm-hmm. thinking about what to go with when you're protecting yep. your so, so we've kind of talked about character abilities and stuff, um, and then there's global abilities. So the the top two that are coming to my mind right now is first is that Electra um where she, oh yeah, where she what, protects your yeah. your cost two and under characters cannot be targeted yeah. by globals. That's going to be from both char- both players though. So you're taking away your ability to target yourself with globals also. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then especially when you have like a lot of two costs. I mean, imagine this in Golden, and you had Wonder Girl on there, and you're just waiting for that Ring of Magnetism to cycle through, and she's just protecting him for until then. Yeah, yeah. There's cool. There's a lot of good that can be done with that card. The The only downside is that it only protects your cost two and under. So you're talking your sidekicks, your one cost, and your two cost. So I've seen a great pretty, effect to protect multiple man yeah, when he needs a swarm. It It's relatively limited. Uh, it's kind of a... It's less of an all-purpose than a lot of the protection cards are. It's a little bit more of a build-around type of protection. Um. Something but, you put on you, the right team, like a yeah. guy Gardner team. You if don't want him built to be around blinked it, back it's or really something. Strong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and one of the other protection pieces that I think is you know our wonderful lady from Themyscira is Wonder Woman. That's in the new Superman Wonder Woman starter. Two of her cards actually kind of do pretty good jobs of protection. So one of them is Child of Clay. While Wonder Woman is active, global abilities activated by your opponent cannot target character dice you control. If you are playing against a team that has taunt on it and they're relying on it, you put this out. They can't. That that taunt is no longer useful because they cannot. Um, so this says global it. abilities on your opponent's character cards. No, no activated by your opponent. Oh, active. So, so you could bring the taunt global and essentially make it a one-sided gotcha. taunt taunt global. So it just point. shuts down their ability to use globals on your characters. Mm-hmm. They can still use them on theirs. Yeah. And, okay. the, and the other way, and to, to kind of turn the tides, if you don't bring a taunt global, but you know they are, is you use Wonder Woman Ambassador Peace. While Wonder Woman is active, players cannot use the global abilities on character cards on their team, yeah. which is, you know, it's, 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 it's a pretty good way of kind of protecting your characters if you know you're going to play somebody who uses a lot of globals. Zach. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, that, that one looks really good right up until you run into a mirror match and you both have access to the <laughs> yeah. same globals. It just becomes a slugfest again, right? <laughs> well, no, you'd have access to the same globals if your opponent brings oh, them. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, So those are kind of our, like, I think those are the big pieces. Are we missing anything in terms of characters uh, pr- or any kind of protection? Human Paladin was touched on for just a moment, and then we kind of jumped past that i think it it bears a closer look because it's uh unique in that it pairs with a piece of gear which no one uses gear <laughs> but there, there was actually a couple of human paladins that kind of did some protecting there's the lesser emerald enclave that while active your characters in the field cannot be affected by global abilities used by your opponent so it's similar to one of the Wonder Woman. I would use that on teams similar. where I was bringing a force attack global, so I could use it, but my opponents couldn't. Right. There's also the other one. Um, while active, you take no damage from your opponents when fielded effects. That's protecting yourself more than your characters, but that's a cool thing. And that's a, either that's, of those, that's a good. That's actually a good Firefly counter. The more I think about it, if you're playing in Golden Age, 
Yeah. Yep. And either of those pair really well with the uncommon magic helmet, greater gear, uh, it's equipment, so it has to be attached to a D&D character with the equipment symbol. So Human Paladin yeah. is a great one. <laughs> or, or the Bard that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, Protection Bard. Um, but this, the, uh, this equipped character cannot be affected by your opponent's action dice or global abilities. Mm-hmm. If you're really worried about yeah. global abilities, you use the Paladin with that. You know, If you use uh, your Paladin... And the protection bard with the magic helmet, you put it on both of them, it becomes very, very difficult for your opponent to manipulate your side of the field. Yeah, and if yeah. you're not too worried about protecting, protecting all your other stuff, I also check the dwarf wizard has the equipment icon on it too, so you could put the helmet on the dwarf wizard, yeah. and you're like, I don't want that card to have any text for the rest of the game. Just stick it on there and... It's really, really hard to get rid of that yeah, dwarf yeah. wizard then. As far as I know, this magic helmet was the only way to get around uh, your opponent using prismatic spray because prismatic spray is an action die. So that character would not be affected by prismatic spray. Yeah. Also, if you are wanting to use that uh, that ability in modern, there is a card in Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, that is just a reprint of that protect- protecting from global bard or uh, human paladin ability so while we don't have it right now in modern it's coming out very soon Mm -hmm. so all right so before we go you guys have any other things to say in terms of protection because i think it's going to be a little bit more important to make sure you either have it or know how to play against it are you saying you should always bring protection (laughs) it's gonna be it's (laughs) gonna be that's general good life advice but okay yeah sure it's gonna be really big coming up i think because of the Spider-Man set, there's the Shrieks that are coming out in that that are just big blankers, and they're really strong blankers. So you're going to want some way to protect your cards from those abilities. And so these are some good options. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thank you so much in, tr- in talking about this. I always love having these discussions, especially about these, you know, a little bit more important concepts that sometimes we don't think about because we're so focused on let's get this combo going and these are some more support pieces that you need to go along with it. Yeah. Okay, we got the full crew here. We have the KO King, Dr. J, and Ken Poole. How are you gents doing? Fantastic. I'm excited. Uh, have, have you guys warmed up? Because this is one of those battle segments that we put you in the cage. The and cage I don't think match. I need to warm up because this one is done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Russ has this one in the bag. Yeah. Right the so, so normally we, ha- we usually have you guys argue which is the best card. And I'm like, let's switch it up a little bit. So I, what we're doing today is we're actually arguing on what is the worst card. And the one card that came to mind when I thought of this was The Flash. So um, any Flash fans <laughs> may not want to yeah. listen to this. I, I feel so bad, too. Is every time we get like a new player and stuff, I'm like, you're, you're not a fan of The Flash, are you? It's like, yeah, why? I'm sorry. I'm the, just the, sorry. The, the, the abilities on The Flash <laughs> cards in this game have turned me off of wanting to read Flash comics. I'm... Like, I wasn't really interested before, but now I'm just like, there's no way I want to read The Flash. Maybe, he sucks. May, maybe this is WizKids punishing Barry Allen for just changing the timeline nilly-willy all the time. Yeah, oh. and one of the timelines, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we haven't crossed that yet. But Yeah, no, no. Um, so who wants to go first? Russ, you can wait until last. <laughs> I'll go first. I got, I got one of the old school ones from Justice League. It's the common Flash, Barry Allen. If your opponent has less than three field characters... The Flash is unblockable while attacking alone. He's a four-cost mask. He's a, a, a four-cost fist. fist. 
Uh, he's one two two fielding for three three four four and five five stats, and your opponent completely controls how unblockable he is. <laughs> so, and, well, so, so you got so, a double so stipulation on this. You have to attack alone with only the one die. You can, if you have all four of him in the field, you get to attack with one of them, and your opponent has to have less than three, uh, less than three fielded characters. So, if they have one or two. You get to f- send that one single three three through, <laughs> unblocked, and wait for him to cycle but around to do it again. But if they fielded three characters or three, they can kicks. block him, and it means nothing. <laughs> yeah, three. I think three so. Things in the I field. think you already lose though because his purchase cost is too good. Like his purchase <laughs> cost. Yeah, he's got a four cost. He's that's one, what he's one that's of the cheapest flashes. Affordable. <laughs> yeah, right. So let me understand. In this argument, we want to say how good this card is. To we want to say how good Ken's card is, yeah, yeah. Oh, compared to ours. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, try and build it up, yeah, guys. Yeah. Let's so, see what you got. So I could, I could chalkboard this on turn two and attack and start to do damage. So I could get like three in right there. But for a whole of like I, nine assuming, damage, assuming your opponent doesn't <laughs> read the text and field three of their sidekicks. But if I do, if I purchase Flash, then my opponent's like, I have to field characters, and then that screws up their economy. And then no, they go, all I have to do is field characters, and and then they shut down your Flash. If you purchase, if you purchase three of those Flashes, he is unblockable. At least one of his die is unblockable, right? Because if you purchase three and they have three characters in the field, one can't be blocked. Or is it all? Until your opponent puts three sidekicks in the field, and then it's a it's a blank character. So wait. So, and, it, and it's only so one it, die. It's, it's just when he attacks alone? Yeah. yeah. Oh, never you mind. Can only, that's, that's, only one die. I thought I had a good argument there, but yeah, it kind of no. doesn't work. <laughs> no, you, you get to, if you have three of oh, them, it is and your opponent, alone, isn't it? I mean, your opponent you doesn't understand them. the idea of putting in another sidekick to replace him on the next <laughs> turn. Like, yeah, then I guess at a certain point. But well, I would really, say- what, what it is is. Okay, uh, you, you, could play, you could play the White Tiger Global with that card, and you could, I think you could. You could make it work. You could make it playable. But the white by tigers stacking your opponent's field—that's not going to work yeah, at all. By putting sidekicks in their field, then your flash is unblockable. No, no they, they have, have to have, have less, less than, than three. three. <laughs> they have to have less than three characters, and he's unblockable. Yeah. Oh. What? So if they get. <laughs> <laughs> so if they get three sidekicks in the field. Oh, never mind. Yeah, they get three I sidekicks. Thought in the it was field. more than. So oh, the, less than. No, yeah. no, no. They have to have. <laughs> they have to have an. Basically, if their field is almost empty, if he's almost unblockable already, then he's unblockable. Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. So, <laughs> so, so if they don't have any characters in the field, he's unblockable. That's the best time to use this. I go back. His purchase totally cost. His purchase cost is pretty good. I think yeah. he's the best one. <laughs> it's because I was thinking we could maybe make it work with breath weapon. Then I'm like, wait, he has to attack alone, so we can't even yeah. use breath. Yeah, weapon. you can't use breath weapon. He has to attack alone. There's one single so, die that you're hoping that you can get through. Because your opponent hasn't fielded so three characters. What you, what you got to do is you got to get him. What you got to do is not play with the flag. But he doesn't have to attack alone. You could attack with multiple characters. He's just not unblockable. You, you, if you but do. hold on. If you <laughs> then he's just a vanilla card. If you attack with more than one thing, he's a vanilla card. What's funny is that if he has two characters in the field and you attack with three dice, one of yours is unblockable anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, But it's not the flash. <laughs> because you didn't attack alone, he is now blockable. Yeah, I can't 
kid you not, if I ever see somebody playing this team, I'm like, even if it loses me the game, I'm just going to be blocking the flash no matter what. If you're <laughs> just to make a statement. The only thing that it would be good for is disrupting your opponent's economy, right? So they have to have three seconds. What it would be good for is confusing your opponent, <laughs> disrupting their train of thought, making them go, he's got to have something else planned here, right? I mean, it's this flash. can't be the plan. Now, I would say this is... A bad card, except for I know the other arguments that are coming. So I still think you might have the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, Jared, since we've put you in an uncomfortable spot where now you have to build up your opponents instead of just ripping them apart. I don't have to build theirs up. I just have to tear mine down. <laughs> so, super, which super which one do you have? All right. So I've got Barry Allen CSI. It's Barry not Allen. the Flash. It's Barry Allen. He's the Flash. That's clearly the Flash. So it came in the Green Arrow and the Flash set. There's no the Flash card, so he is the Flash from this set. How do you Except know? Except for you could use Flash and Barry Allen on the same card. Yeah. I watched a few episodes of that crummy WB show. and yeah, Speaking of which, why does the Green uh, Arrow get his title rather than his first name and... The Flash it's, goes by know. his name. It's so that you can play his Barry Allen with your Flash. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really important. This is, that's a this good is what thing. makes my. That's part of what makes mine so bad is that you can pair it with another Flash. That's totally legal. So you could have two of these crappy characters on your team. All right. So that's that's a bad part. Another bad part. He is a five cost character, and he's a bolt and fist. His ability is cross pulse. When you purchase this die, you may field it at level one. You can only use a cross pulse ability if you paid this character's purchase cost using only their energy types. So his ability only works if you have a bolt, if you have bolts and fists, five of them, question marks do work. But when you buy him, you can field him at level one. And his yeah. level one is three three. Yeah. So if I had a fist bolt ring team, this card would be very good. So no, it, it wouldn't would be, be good. Yeah, it, it goes straight good. into your. It goes into straight field. in. Yeah, but you just spent yeah. all that ring energy to buy it and put him in the field. Now you don't have any energy but left I for have, the ring. I have all those characters. For your next no, turn. This That's is definitely a definitely, very good yeah, card. It goes right into the field. You're ready to go for your next good. turn. No, no, no. And plus, hit. he's got that one generic energy on his one side, <laughs> which is just when you roll that. It that's not a bad mark like against the Flash. That's a bad mark against can, crossover characters can, that aren't super. This is rad. a Flash. That's a crossover character. Can, so he gets all the bad, all the downsides know, does, of a crossover character, along with him, the right? downsides of being I the Flash. I can discount him. Does it say can't discount? Yeah, you could totally How are you discount. discount him. Oh, many ways. That's a great card. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel see, good. See, you what? Discount. <laughs> what, what, what I'm going to do is... You discount Ken's, too, and it makes it even cheaper than this one. Yeah, but his is And you only have to pay one energy type. His is unblockable. Or blockable. Yeah, this mine is, blockable. is super blockable. Mine's blockable. No, see, if, if I use Black if Canary. I had blue eyes on our- <laughs> <laughs> Black Canary works on both of you. If I had a no. If I had a blue eyes on a ring bolt fist team, that thing would be amazing. No, that it would wouldn't. be so this good. Is, there's no, no. Right this card fight. would never be amazing. And just maybe not. playable. So I, I can but put it never right into amazing. the field. I can do it right into the field in my ring. Oh no way, man! That's look, that's a great card. That is those, a great card. Why would you card. ever pay, play this when now we have the the misdirection action or whatever? You can buy some, whatever you want and put it in the field it, at level it, it's one. It's because I want to build a team that has Merlin and Gorilla Grodd on it and Barry Allen and win with Merlin and Gorilla Grodd. If you want to know how bad this card <laughs> is, just try and play it. 
Because if you want to know how you... bad this card is, look at the level three stats. They're amazing. <laughs> you, it, you got two fielding for a seven four. Mine has two fielding for a five that, five. Yeah, but that ability fields him at level yeah. one, which is three three. And after that, he's just yeah. a vanilla character. Then oh, but then I could spin him up. You can, vanilla you can pay, character with awesome stats. You can pay five for another character with awesome stats with a really good ability. There so, are three cost characters on. with better stats than this piece. No, hold on. That are the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm in a game with I have Gorilla Grodd and Merlin. Follow me here. This is good. Gorilla <laughs> Grodd and Merlin. And my opponent has Gorilla Grodd and Merlin. And I roll and I put two sidekicks in the field. You're going to roll four sidekicks all the time. I put two sidekicks in the field. And then I roll two more. Then I energy fix all of them. I have one question mark. My opponent's empty field is empty, but I have two more masks and, and other characters. <laughs> So what I do is I bring him in at level one, and I spin him up, and I KO my other characters using truce to KO my opponent's characters. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I was, wa- I was waiting for seven. it. I was he's unblockable. He's unblockable. I'm, going to, I'm going to have to concede here. It's playable as long as you and your opponent dedicate three cards each to making this card work. Yeah, I just brought in a level three Barry Allen unblockable. My opponent had no idea what was coming. That's seven attack. That's pretty dang good. And then you just just cleared out your field, dealt seven attack, and then they're going to reroll all their characters and attack your empty field. There's no upside. I mean, maybe the seven attack is kind of an upside to this. It's a huge upside. But there's a lot of cards with seven attack that are way better than this. See, Russ, what was your level three? Five, five. Oh. Yeah, for two. Yeah. And my level my level two was four four for two, where this one has four four for one. Wow. Yeah, Russ, I, level two I was has waiting. two fielding cost? Yes, I was waiting, oh, I was waiting for that truce. The purchase little, cost is still better. It outweighs about the, that. Now, the fielding now, cost. Now, though we're not talking about, about a lot of other Barry Allens, I will say that truce helps every Barry Allen. <laughs> <laughs> it really helps every Barry right, Allen. Right, because it's a basic action, so it helps the uncommon from Justice League. It clears out their field, so you can use Or the it clears common. out your field, or so the... you can use the super rare. There you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, Russ, so you've been so confident that yours is the worst. What, what, which card do you have right now? Um, if we're speaking about the worst, like the worst Flash, I'm going to argue that this might not only be the worst Flash in the game. This may be the worst card in the game. Now no, I love Wiz no, Kids. No, 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 Hold no, no, on. No. I love Wiz Kids, and I no. I know that they do a good job. So I don't want this to come across negative. But when I first saw this card, I I feel like this is a punchline. <laughs> like this <laughs> this card is a. You think it's bad, but no, it gets worse. So this is Crisis on Infinity Earth. So, so start out with its cost. It's a seven cost. <laughs> A7 cost. Yeah, it is. And the flash can't be blocked. Dang, that's pretty good because, you know, you got level three, four, five. So, okay, it's an unblockable character. Maybe I buff it up a little bit. I use Goliath, give it some attack. That's a great idea. Yeah. Except not for that bad. the next sentence, the flash <laughs> may not have his attack increased. Okay, well, maybe I just I discounted a bunch and I use three or four dice so I can make sure I get the win condition. No, no, no. Max die of one. <laughs> so everything you try to do to make this better, it just doesn't. That's happen. because they thought no one would be dumb enough to buy more than one of a seven cost character. They're, the only reason you would ever use this card is the art. 
Or if you're specifically trying to make a point against new character, like uh, against new players, you're like, hey, <laughs> you don't know this game very well. I'm going to be like predatory and malicious. I'm going to beat you with one of the worst things in the game. We this, actually had a tournament that you had to use this card. To win. This Still card better than mine so because bad. you only need one energy type to buy it. Seven. A five I would cost rather... crossover character might as well be a seven cost character. No, because yeah, it's but just, you can use that like terrible if... cross pulse ability four times if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. No one ever roll those dice so have you, you can have, activate that ability. Have you four seen times me roll? I can. I'll, ma- I'll make it happen. No, because you'd roll my two of them on the same turn. I've seen yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do it because I'll end up getting that Barry Allen coming through. He's not going to roll on a character. Even if face. you roll ten energy, you'd maybe only be able to buy one of my dice because you'd have to make you'd have to have I feel like I need to make this happen I have explained to you how to use yours on a team build for it explain to me how I build for crisis on infinity earth fist ring team (laughs) done that was your answer to me. Just slap a ring on it and it's playable slap a ring on it and it's playable will you purchase a seven cost why not because, because it's, it's a terrible. seven cost. <laughs> so what? At least it's unblockable. At least it's guaranteed to do damage. Mine's not guaranteed to do jack It's guaranteed. Spot, it's, no, it's not even guaranteed to get into the field. It's guaranteed to do three damage. That's the only thing it's, it's guaranteed, guaranteed to, to do. It's guaranteed to do whatever damage this level is on. And level one, which is your only guaranteed in the level, is a three. And a five. Okay, best case scenario, five. Best case scenario. Because you can't even buff his attack. You only need to hit him with that four times, though. And you're good. Oh. You just need to get him. You just need to get him in the field. Sound like a good argument. You just need to get him in the field four times. Use Giganta to spin him up to level three, and you're good. All yeah. you need is some other control Gigant- pieces. Giganta misdirection. Once you buy him now, once you buy him, there's a timer set actually, on the game. Giganta misdirection. Now, see, then my argument would be: <laughs> Let's really go down this rabbit hole. My, <laughs> my argument would then be: Judge his. Uh, card says he cannot have his attack increased, and he's trying to spin it up. I'm going to argue that you're increasing your attack. No, you're increasing his level, <laughs> not his attack. <laughs> <laughs> Could I buff up his defense and then flip it? That's a legit question, because I know that was when it first came out. A I lot don't, of people I don't think so. I think about that it. is increasing his attack. Yeah, the funny thing no, is I wanted to... I feel to... like that's never going to be answered because no <laughs> one's ever really going to ask it. I think it was like an argument online and then everyone's like, yeah, well, Wait, why are, we, still, why, why are we arguing about this card that no one's ever going to use? He still does put a timer on the game no matter how small because anytime he gets in the field, he's guaranteed to be able to do damage. He doesn't put a timer on if, he, if Kevin's running it. <laughs> Kevin's yeah. never going to roll him. Yeah. There well, is a timer. It doesn't matter if that would take 100 years for him to roll look, the character. Th- there's a timer times. because WizKid says for Swiss, you a do one- 30 minutes. <laughs> like, there's a timer on the a game. One character unblockable is a one dice on your team that's unblockable is a smokescreen because it. If you die by that thing attacking four times, then you're really not doing what you should, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you, you see, there's I wanted, so many things. You I want to do, do the opposite with this card: field them on level one, and then hope my opponent brings is it the hawk or the dove global that takes off one. I want to get him. I want him to attack for either one or zero damage. Okay. Unblockable. Okay. Even if you even if you don't attack with him, if you buy him and get him in the field, and then use some other way to get them down, you've basically just reduced their life total once he hits the field because as soon as they get down low enough to three four or five you can finish the game with him i just figured out where this flash will work all right Go if ahead. my opponent brings it and i have uh 
If your opponent brings it, you've already won. If my opponent brings it and I have the collector. Oh. So I can roll it and field it, and it's unblockable. Or you could play with the other collector that just lets you pick a die, and your opponent picks one of your dice, and you buy, you get it automatically, and then the other die goes out. But of that play. means I have to deal with that die all the time. If my opponent brings it <laughs> and I have the collector, then on my turn I just buy that, and and you only pay six for it, right? Yeah, you pay one less for it. Yeah, there you go. The See, worst would be just keep talking up your card, because then mine wins. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Yours is amazing. We've <laughs> there, already there discussed. Is, like, yours is, is pretty no awesome. not amazing. It's a dual energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a dual energy. So if I just roll it on its energy side, that's a bolt and a fist. I could use it any way that I want. Infinite possibilities. Unless you roll it on the <laughs> generic energy side, and then you can't use it for squat. Or if you want to use the bolt or fist separately, and you have to spin it down to the generic energy side. Yeah, that's not good either. It is because I can use that genetic energy, <laughs> generic energy to buy. That's for my paracrack. Yeah, but That's on for my paracrack, more right momentum. Yeah, but on yours, if you if you roll it energy and you decide to spin it down to use a fist, you still have another fist, and you can use that except to buy momentum. For, except for I spent seven energy to buy my die. So did I. No, yours is fine. If to, my, actu- to if use me, it and activate that cross pulse ability, it might as well cost seven energy. If my opponent and I you both have to get bring, that roll, and that rolls. Very rarely gonna if happen. If my opponent and I both bring God and Merlin or Superwoman, with Superwoman you can spend everything as as bolts. So all you need is one fist and a total Ooh, of six energy. You shut your mouth. Yeah, that, that okay? is. <laughs> that is actually a, that is a really good idea on a bolt ring fist team for a ring. We're, yeah, we're, you're just totally. I have a hard time calling purchasing any of these flashes a good idea, <laughs> but that is a way to make his easier to buy. Yes, okay, it is. Okay. I don't even know. It you, sounds like we're making meta teams right Superwoman now. Superwoman, and you do it. He goes in at three three and is completely blockable. That's already worse than Russ's card and yours. Except for once, <laughs> mine's completely blockable too. Unless you get him turn one. Except for in the one, field. there's an unless there. Mine's completely blockable until no I, matter what. Well, yours I, would be unblockable if you got out on the field at turn one, and yours could once, actually do it. Once mine hits the field, <laughs> once mine hits the field, it has no ability. Once mine hits the field, it is of just a vanilla card. Except for with nothing. the ring, it has the two energies that it could deal damage. And your character, Russ, it's a seven cost. Your seven, seven. <laughs> But you could blank it, and then it would seven. Then it would you could increase the attack. So if you attack with yours, blank it, and then use a global to okay. pump it up, then is totally playable. Okay, wow, now you guys are now, coming up on. with some convoluted ways. <laughs> <laughs> like that, like hearing hearing you say those words, I'm like, actually, that yeah, you've passed the blockable window or the window that they could assign a blocker to it, and and then you pump it up. Yeah, that could work. Why? Why? No, no, don't you guys See, but that's what I'm confuse thinking. me to bring a flash. That's what I'm thinking. No. You know how awesome that would be to bring this to a game? Worlds 2018, everybody's bringing flash. How awesome would no, that not. be to bring infinite? This one is right? modern legal. And then I blank it with the, the cold gun or whatever. I blank it and it? buff it up. And attack. Like, that would be so cool because they'd be like, well, you can't buff up the attack. Boom, I did because I just blanked him. <laughs> Boom, and he's huge. Yours is easy. Like I said, all you need is Grodd and Merlin on, a bolt, <laughs> on, on each of our teams, right? And you're set. You're not set because even when you buy him, he's a three attack. But he's right into the field. It doesn't matter. Three attack in the field. You then put you three d- sidekicks. You in the dimension field. door him, and then you've replicated <laughs> the others. <like. laughs> 
You can spin him up. So he's a seven attack. Ken and I's max out at five. And mine legitimately, unless you blank my own character, is a five attack. Yeah, but your defense tops out at five, and mine only tops out at four. Which collector was the one that you can defense banish? doesn't win the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is not the NFL. Um, <laughs> which, which collector was it that you can banish a card? I'd love to see it on the playing against Russ. The, just, the rare, I think. Yeah, he just banishes one flash die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that was the threat on the team. That, that was the threat. so nasty on teams that have max one. Both, both of your flashes are modern legal. Minus not. So yours is like in a picture holder, right? Just hanging up on the wall somewhere as decoration. Yeah, hanging up on a dartboard somewhere. I will say that mine is Justice League, so maybe I could make it work in a new Justice League team. Yeah, all of them are Justice League. Mine's Justice League. Oh, well, see, yours is amazing, Jared. Yours is no, such a not. good card. Justice League is an awful affiliation. Oh, them fighting words. Them you fighting see? words. You're lucky it's Steve isn't here. <laughs> them fighting words. <laughs> We all I don't know. believe everything I argue. I'm just trying to win the argument. <laughs> there, my friends, Said is like the lawyer true. Lawyer. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> all I care about is winning. Um, all right, guys. Um, we want to hear you guys at home. Which one do you think is the worst flash? I mean, we didn't even mention any of the Blue Lantern ones because yeah. there are a couple pretty bad ones. <laughs> there are pretty too. bad ones, too. They can be okay, though. Yeah, um, yours so. can be okay. No, it can't. No, it can't. <laughs> all of all of the flashes are. You can make a whole team around. I I don't see it for the promo. I just that card is a punt. Like it's a joke. It it's pretty funny. It's like how bad can we make a card, and it just gets worse. <laughs> so if you're listening, yeah. WizKids, we want another flash that's yeah. even worse than can the Can we get OP. a 10-cost one? Let's see if we can I want go. a 10-cost yeah. one. <laughs> Tops out at a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. Um, so we want to hear what, 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 what do you think is the worst flash, because I know there's some flash fans out there that are disappointed like the rest of us are. Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Um, I, I hope all of you guys go home, and when you go home, you think, yeah, I had the best flash. Jared had the best flash. And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. Did we miss out on anything for protection mechanisms? Or when do you stop buying dice? Let us know by shooting us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leaving it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Of course, check out doubleburst.com for past episodes, places to subscribe, and cool player resources. Big thanks to Game Haven Sandy for giving us a place to record. If you guys live in Utah, make sure you check them out. And if not, check them out online at yourgamehaven.com. Of course, big thanks to everybody who listens to the show. Everybody on the team appreciates it. And until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. Thank you.